Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. Happy Halloween to all of you. I hope that you are having fantastic Halloweens. I hope you had a fantastic Halloween weekend. I certainly did. And I'm gearing up now to get my kids out for Halloween trick-or-treating. The Travis family was the 1990s era Chicago Bulls. Uh, I think we're going to have pictures up soon. Uh, of uh, We were the second-tier Chicago Bulls, second version of the dynasty, I should say. Uh, and we had a phenomenal time. My wife threw a spectacular Halloween party. I don't know, this is like her sixth or seventh straight Halloween party. Uh, so she did a fantastic job with that. Right off the top, top three Halloween candies, in my humble opinion, but if you disagree, you're 100% wrong. For me... Peanut M&M, that's the yellow package of M&M's, number one overall. These are the top Halloween candies that I will steal from my kids if I see it in their Halloween candy. And I always do. I say, hey, this is the dad tax. Got to learn what it's like for the government to be taking big cuts out of your paycheck. Dads get a cut of the Halloween candy. That's just the way you teach about taxes. Uh, second place, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Third place for me, the Smarties, the little, uh, the little tiny little candies. You know, the roll. Uh, there's probably 15 of them, different colored. Those are my gold, silver, and bronze Halloween candy power rankings. Peanut M Ms one, Reese's peanut butter cups two, and Smarties third. All right, tried to tell you, I tapped the blood bank. College football picks got back on a winning streak. I told you, and I even jumped in the Tennessee River to celebrate it. Tennessee was going to blow out Kentucky. I told you that Kentucky wasn't going to be able to run the football, uh, that tennis, that they were not going to be able to uh, protect Will Levis, and that they were not going to be able to stop the Tennessee offense. I actually gave Kentucky too much credit. I predicted the score of this game would be 52-28. to 28. In reality, that would have been a uh, substantial win, but still not an incredible win of just 24 points. Tennessee actually won by 38 points. Uh, it was even more dominance than I anticipated. 44-6 to uh, was the final there, and I hope all of you hopped on uh, the blood bank guarantee there and rode it into victory. As a result, I'm going to get to the top 10 here in a moment, but I am telling you that the top four in the college football playoff, which comes out tomorrow, it's going to be Tennessee 1. Tennessee is going to be the overall number one team in college football in year two of Josh Heupel, just 21 some odd months after he was hired. Tennessee is going to be number one. Georgia is going to be number two. All right, I will be down in Athens as a part of big noon kickoff for what will be, it's a prediction, what will be the first one versus two matchup in the history of the college football playoff in the regular season. We've never seen this happen before. Uh, so one, one will be Tennessee, 
Two will be Georgia. Three, I believe, will be Ohio State. Four, I believe, will be Michigan. That is my expectation for the top four. Going to pause now. Drinking hot tea. You may be able to tell. Got a little bit of a cold. Ah, and I want to maintain and preserve my voice. That hot tea with honey hits right. Uh, And I got to be out late tonight. Taking the kids trick-or-treating. So I'm trying to stock up, trying to prepare. That is my prediction for what the top four will look like when the college football playoff rankings come out tomorrow. But in the meantime, I've got my top 10 for you. You can always go read it. It goes up every Sunday morning. Uh, I do the starting 11. I break it all down for everybody in the college football universe. Here's my national top 10. Tennessee 1, Georgia 2, Ohio State 3, Michigan 4. I think they're going to have the exact same top four that I just broke down for you. I've got Alabama 5. I've got TCU 6, Clemson 7, Oregon 8, USC 9. Some people are going to not like this. I've got LSU 10. Now, some people have Ole Miss in their top 10. LSU dominated Ole Miss so badly. I know Ole Miss got the big win over Texas A&M, but I've got LSU in my top 10 now because that first week loss to Notre Dame, uh, sorry, to the, I say Notre Dame because Brian Kelly's on the sideline, that first week loss for LSU to Florida State, I don't think would happen if they played today. I think LSU would win that game comfortably, and I actually like LSU to cover this game against Alabama on Saturday down in the Bayou. I think that's going to end up being a close game. Uh, so those are my top 10, all right? Uh, my SEC power rankings. I've got Tennessee 1, Georgia 2, Alabama 3, LSU 4, Ole Miss 5, followed by Mississippi State in the 6th spot. It really, after the top 5, gets very difficult to do the SEC power rankings right now because 6 through 13, basically everybody has beaten everybody else. I've got Mississippi State at 6, Arkansas at 7, South Carolina at 8, Kentucky at 9, Florida Gators 10, Mizzou 11, Texas A&M all the way down to 12, Auburn at 13, and Vanderbilt at 14. Now, the news came down about, what, an hour and a half ago? Brian Harson has been fired at Auburn. Who will Auburn hire now that Brian Harson, after a little over a year and a half, is already on his way out? I think Auburn should look at these guys. Hugh Freeze, to me, is the least risky hire. Hugh Freeze will win you eight or nine games a year, I think for years into the future, will play a high-powered, fast-paced offense, and will not fall flat on his face in terms of on-the-field results. Dion Sanders, big risk, high reward. I'm not sure exactly how he will translate as a head coach in the highly competitive SEC. I think he would recruit well. I don't know how he would deal with SEC media attention, SEC media uh, criticism. I just don't have a sense on that. But I can see somebody at Auburn saying, hey, let's take a chance on Dion." Uh, I also think you have to look, make an effort at Lane Kiffin. I don't think he would pull a Tommy Tuberville and leave Oxford to go to Auburn, but I think certainly you make that call. Um, I think you could look uh, around. I think certainly you could go up to Kansas with Lance Le- Leopold 
uh, and make a move there that potentially would look uh, pretty solid. I think you could make a run down to TCU, given how good he has been in the first year there, uh, and uh, and potentially make a run there. Um, I think you have to go down to Baylor and at least make an inquiry there. I think you could look at Matt Rule, the previous Baylor head coach, who's now sitting on the sideline. I think there'll be a lot of people that are interested in Auburn because you've got a brand new AD who's coming over from Mississippi State. You're going to have to pay 7 or $8 million a year to get somebody. Uh, but to me, I think this is going to come down to Hugh Freeze or Deion Sanders. I think that'll be the choice that Auburn ends up making. You can go vote, put your uh, opinion out there. You can go vote, uh, get uh, all of that floating around in the cosmos, so to speak. I don't know if he would leave. I also think you could make a call to Oregon and see whether you could steal away Oregon's coach Dan Lanning like they stole away Mario Cristobal down in Miami, although that hasn't worked out very well for Miami so far on the field. They are, however, recruiting at an incredibly high level. There are a lot of people I think they're going to answer the phone when Auburn calls because they pay big money because Brian Harson has uh, not been successful, so you want to follow a guy who hasn't been very successful. Um, and I think there's a segment of the population out there that looks around and says, hey, we have to make a big step up. I said this at the time they fired Gus Malzahn. I said, if you fire Gus Malzahn and end up with Brian Harson, I'm not sure that you've really made a big step up. I think that Auburn is going to make a big step up here, particularly because there aren't, I don't think, going to be very many SEC jobs open. Uh, but that's how I would break everything down. And right after that, we'll continue the discussion. But first, a momentary break. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Can we just pause for a moment? It's maybe the best fall of my life, all right? My Tennessee Titans go out and absolutely physically dominate the Houston Texans to go to 5-2. to two. They're a big favorite to go win the AFC South for a third straight year, sitting uh, in first place comfortably. My University of Tennessee Volunteers are 8-0 for the first time since 1998. Elon Musk has bought Twitter and has all the left-wing blue check brigade curled up in the fetal position crying. Uh, we also have a red wave building that I'm going to get to in just a moment that could turn into a red tsunami. All of this happening. What an amazing fall this is. Maybe the greatest fall of my life. And oh, as if that were not, you say, oh, that, that doesn't really all involve you directly. Well, OutKick and Clay and Buck are setting records every single month. OutKick is going to have by far its most run red October in history. So thank you. Thank you for making this the greatest fall of my life. Everything falling into place perfectly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, Senate. Let me look at the latest gambling odds. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution came out with a poll this morning that had Herschel Walker up and also had uh, Brian Kemp up comfortably. Uh, but you guys know that I try to update you as we sit here eight days out. Right now, uh, Republicans are favored to win in Pennsylvania. 
They are favored to win in Georgia and they are favored to win in Nevada. Uh, The uh, Arizona race continues to swing back and forth in different directions, uh, but a big lead in Pennsylvania in the gambling markets. Right now, Democrats have taken back a small control in the Arizona race, although people that I talk to feel very good about winning the Arizona race. Uh, Herschel has opened a fairly substantial lead in Georgia as uh, Chuck Schumer was caught on mic talking to uh, Joe Biden about the difficulty that was likely to be out there in uh, in Georgia. Over the weekend, Tiffany Smiley, the candidate in Washington, there were multiple polls showing her basically in a dead heat with Patty Murray. Uh, the same thing is starting to happen in New Hampshire. Uh, meanwhile, Ohio off the board effectively, at least based on the odds. Wisconsin off the board, at least based on the odds. And North Carolina off the board in the Senate, again, all based on the odds that are out there. Uh, There are a lot of governor's races, Michigan, New York. How about Ron DeSantis, so confident in Florida that he went and campaigned for Lee Zeldin in New York. Michigan, New York, Nevada, Wisconsin, New Mexico, uh, Oregon, all of these very, very close races. Most of those states I just ran through, in fact, all of them, I believe, currently have uh, have Democrat governors, and all those places are potentially pickups for Republicans. The House is booked. The House is minus 3,000 to go to uh, Republicans, so it would be a monstrous upset at this point if the House did not flip at a minimum. And the House flipping is a big deal, but I think the Senate's also going to flip. But the House flipping means that Biden basically can't get any of his agenda through for the next couple of years. But I also want the Senate to flip so we can double down there and we don't end up with any sort of craziness going on there. Uh, But that is the absolute latest there. I tell you every week that I like to run through whatever happened in the NFL and tell you my biggest takeaways. Not surprisingly, I spent yesterday watching a lot of NFL football with my kids. Uh, Broncos got it started early with a win over the Jags. Jags have fallen apart. Not good signs from Trevor Lawrence. The Broncos have not been playing very well, but Russell Wilson came in. They played decently, got the win in that one. The Falcons, they gave us up a cover in the outkick six-pack. They gave up a, a, a near loss on the deep ball. Hail Mary let uh, the receiver, DJ Moore, I think it was, get behind their secondary and end up in a situation where they could have potentially lost this game but for a missed extra point. But Marcus Mariota, my guy, and the Falcons are in first place right now in the NFC South. Cowboys absolutely dominated the Bears. Didn't anticipate them hanging 49 on anybody, uh, but they really took it to to the Bears. The Dolphins came back. The Lions, I had the Lions as a four-point underdog, end up with a push on this one. Uh, The Lions were up 21-7. And then the Dolphin offense got got hot. They are explosive. There's no doubt about it. End up winning 31-27. I had the over in this one. That was an easy win uh, for the Vikings, which got past the Cardinals. And the Vikings have now opened a fairly substantial lead in the NFC North as Kirk Cousins is maybe a shadow MVP candidate based on how the Vikings are playing right now. Also, we'll get to them in a sec. Packers, a little bit wobbly. Saints dominated the Raiders. It feels like this is the end of Derek Carr's tenure with the Raiders. Uh, Patriots still own the Jets. This was supposed to be the year that the Jets were going to get the win over the Patriots. They couldn't do it. Eagles, fly Eagles, fly. 
only undefeated team left in the entirety of the NFL, and they went out and dominated the Steelers. As I mentioned, the Titans couldn't even throw the ball at all with Malik Willis. They lined up Derrick Henry. He went for over 200 yards, and Derrick Henry now tied for the most games over 200 yards. I believe I saw this in the history of the NFL with six, four of those over 200-yard games have happened against the Houston Texans. Commanders, big-time Taylor, Heineke, a big-time comeback, 17-16 over the Colts, the late Hail Mary pass. The 49ers get past the Rams. Christian McCaffrey throws for one, rushes for one, and uh, has one receiving. First time that's happened, I believe, in 15 years. Uh, The Seahawks, Geno Smith, Comeback player of the year. I don't think there's any doubt at all that he is the leader for that category right now. Get a double-digit win over the Giants. And the Bills took down the floundering Packers as Josh Allen's team is, I believe, the best in the entirety of the NFL. I made my preseason pick. NFC is wide open. I feel like there's a lot of really good teams in the AFC. I had the Bills going up against the Cowboys as my Super Bowl pick. And, you know, I'm not sure who's going to be very good from the NFC but I definitely like my Bills pick. Feel very good about that. The Atlantic. Did you guys see this headline? This is why this election needs to be such a reckoning. The Atlantic has an article by somebody named Emily Oster saying, let's declare a pandemic amnesty. We need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID. No, because the data has been clear for a long time. I told you guys two years ago, schools needed to open up. I told you guys a long time ago, no kids needed to be wearing masks. I told you a long time ago, we should have never locked down the country. We should have never forced small businesses to close. The data has been transparent for a long time. We've known that it impacts the elderly, COVID. We've known that it impacts the ill. We know that it impacts the obese and that young and healthy people have virtually zero risk from COVID. You've heard me making all these arguments since at least May or June of 2020 when I went to the wall to fight for college football season to be played. So many people out there fought back against me, said we could not do this in a healthy fashion. I will not forgive. There needs to be a reckoning. If we want to talk about democracy and threats to our democracy, the number one thing that democracy has to uh, involve is accountability. If you are wrong in major issues, if you lead us astray in your judgment, you don't deserve to maintain your office. And that is why this election, in addition to crime, in addition to inflation in the economy, in addition to the border, it has to be a reckoning on all the failures that happened throughout this country on COVID. And if you want me to forgive, then you have to acknowledge that you were wrong. And I've seen virtually no one on the left wing in this country acknowledging that they were wrong. In fact, what they're saying now is, oh, we never could have known, or let's forget about it. You see it happening everywhere. Dr. Fauci says he never advocated to shut down schools. He's lying. Uh, the, uh, the head of the teachers union, Randy Weingart, she comes out and says, oh my God, goodness, how could we have ever known what was going to happen if we shut down schools? We all told you. We all argued against it in real time, and you called us grandma killers, and you told us to shut up and put our masks on and not leave our homes and stop advocating for life to return to normalcy. We are not going to forget until you acknowledge that you were wrong and beg for forgiveness. This election is a referendum on many things, but foremost among them for me is it is a referendum on all those who lied about COVID and failed the country when we needed you the most. Speaking of failed, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky has gotten five COVID shots so far. 
She just tested positive for COVID again, a so-called rebound case. How many times does this have to happen before we have legitimate lawsuits about these COVID shots? How many times do we have to stand up and hold people accountable over their lies? It must happen. Lawsuits over these COVID shots. We need fraud cases brought because they lied about their efficacy, because they lied about how how much they were going to protect people. We need all profits from the COVID shots returned to the American government, returned to the American taxpayer. Everyone who lost their job over refusal to get the COVID shot needs to get their job back too. Facts matter. Science matters. And anybody still arguing for the COVID shot is not looking at the data. They are the antithesis of what scientists should represent. All right. I got to go get ready to take my kids out trick-or-treating. I hope all of you have a fantastic Halloween. Uh, I appreciate all your support for OutKick. Thank you for making October the greatest month in OutKick history. Thanks for making October the greatest month in Clay and Buck history. I am Clay Travis. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. This has been OutKick, the show.